my name is Michał Poiński, which is probably a nightmare for anyone from the UK trying to pronounce my second name, and it usually gets butchered in a lot of very creative ways. Uh, definitely, it's not Chomsky. It's Michał Hoinski, and uh, I teach... Uh, Hello, this is Patrick Widdis, and my guest on this bonus episode is a university lecturer in Krakow, published author, has this year been awarded the Senior Fulbright Fellowship at Yale University, is also a music promoter, and on top of that is a great poet. His pamphlet, Gifts Without Wrapping, has just been published by Hedgehog Press, here is, let me get this right, Michał Szoinski reading and discussing the opening poem, The Prototype. The Prototype. The proportions were everything, I was told by the guide. As she walked past the prototype, pointing out the features here and there, I would probably miss on my own. The body is measured by itself. Six palms make up one unit, she continued. A closed circuit of beauty. The fact that the statue lacked one arm, and the nose, and the genitals, and a toe, was immaterial to her. I presume it is the idea of him she was after. I visualize her in the evening after work, home alone, as she fantasizes about the statue complete. She imagines different body supplements, as if she were trying on different sets of gloves, that can never fit in just right. I imagine her wishing she herself were of marble, but incomplete, a work in progress whose promise of perfection does not deter others from touching the form of the idea. So uh, basically, I mean, the I, I love, I quite often visit Berlin, and in Berlin there's this absolutely amazing museum, Pergamon Museum, which I which I've visited a number of times. And um, uh, it's located on the Museum Island. There's a network of five beautiful, amazing museums. And in, uh, in Pergamon Museum, th there's this beautiful sculpture, uh, classical sculpture, mm. sculpture that's, that follows the, the rules of the decorum. And but it's, it's, it's incomplete. So I, was, uh, I, I remember as I was looking at the sculpture, I was... I, I, started looking at the guide and who and she was she was mesmerized i mean she was like uh, she was in love with the sculpture basically so it got me i mean her gaze her looking at the sculpture actually um that the, the dynamics that uh, developed between her and that uh, piece of marble so beautifully shaped and so beautifully crafted got me interested and uh, I started thinking about the idea of completeness and incompleteness of form and uh, how the classical proportions of beauty in which the body is conceptualized as this uh, perfect um, shape that can be brought down to proportions, uh, how this idea can be basically deconstructed. How you can um, how you can disregard the principle of mimesis and how you can undermine the idea, classic idea that there is a label for everything, including the label maker, and uh, juxtapose it against the concept of of the grotesque, which is basically something that I tried to do in the in my entire collection, uh, that is to deconstruct the uh, to, to to investigate the body 
and the two concepts that is of the classical concept of, of beauty and the uh, grotesque um, idea of, of the body that's in the state of becoming, that's ghostly, that's estranged, and uh, that, that brings together the notion of the comic and the horror and, uh, and the nightmare that keeps the laughter in check and the laughter that makes the horror more bearable, which is the essence of the grotesque. So I'm, I'm interested in how you look at the completeness and incompleteness of the body, how the body um, remains in the state of, state of interaction with the environment. And uh, uh, in, my, in the 10 poems in the pamphlet, I start with the prototype. This is the poem where you have someone and you have the, the image of a, of a guide in museum looking at the, at, the, at the sculpture, imagining the sculpture complete and in a way loving its incompleteness. And yeah, as I, it's quite effective in the first part. You don't quite know what the prototype is. It's gradually uh, you come to realize what it is during that first stanza. Yes, uh, yes, and the prototype, which is the, the essence of the decorum, isn't it? That's the that's the model. That's something you take as the the best example of, right? Which is paradoxically incomplete, and which allows you to understand that this notion of completeness is nothing but a fabrication imposed on the body who's, as I try to prove and explore in other poems in the collection, because I move through different bodies and I dissect different bodies in different contexts, religious, social, ritualistic, sexual. I try to show how this incompleteness can be edifying, beautiful, enchanting, alienating, and uh, mesmerizing, but also terrifying. So, uh, yeah, that's, in a nutshell, that's uh, the, the, the basic idea behind the poem. I don't know if I've, if I've explained it well, but, yeah. Um, so were you already working on this collection when you had this experience, um, or was this uh, one of the... Was this like the first poem that uh, started it off? Oh, oh no! Uh, I, I when I was putting the, the 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 collection together, when I was working on gifts without wrapping, uh, as I was unwrapping the body metaphorically, I had a selection of poems that that I that I was working on, and I think when I was putting together gifts without wrapping, I had like forty poems, and I this uh, and at that point I decided I want to uh, tell a story because the poems are arranged in a way that they tell a story right uh, mm -hmm. with with 10 of them and that the other ones that the rest I, I want to include in a in a larger collection as I said a presumption of ownership in which I hope to focus on the idea of what it means to own a body and what it means to, and how this ownership uh, becomes uh, negotiable in romantic relationships, in sexual relationships, in conversations, in social interactions. So that will be the next step. But uh, yeah, so it's most, it's almost ready. <laughs> Yeah, great. And um, yeah, this, the uh, structure of the poem is interesting. You start off um, 
with the guide talking about the uh, sculpture then you uh, shift in perspective to uh, uh, think of her at home and imagining she's marble um, how did you arrive at that structure yes uh, so the shift of focus is that that's something I tried to do in uh, other poems as well as if we were looking as if we were um, you know this this movable portable camera that we take with us to different sections of the poem and which uh, and this movement allows us to focus on different aspects of the images so I, I prefer, I, I don't like this, I don't like static poems. I like poems where you change the perspective because only in a way, in this way, um, you can understand the, the, what you're looking at or what you're describing fully. Uh, so I, I indeed move the perspective away from the, my focus on the guide to the imagination, uh, which is also in a way, from the meta-literary perspective, uh, an act in which I try to show the limitation of the imagination, uh, how limited I am in my imagining things, and also my imagination as a male imagining a female, in my imagination of someone imagining how uh, what another person is thinking uh, about someone else, right? So um, uh, all I have are presumptions. That's what I'm trying to prove also through my shift, through the shifting of the perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. And that goes back to the idea of a statue being incomplete. Uh, you're uh, kind of filling in the gaps of you know, things you don't, don't know from these different uh, perspectives. Um, um, so did uh, the... Uh, poem develop quite quickly um, or was it uh, were there a lot of changes and revisions mm -hmm. uh, I think it took me three months to write it so uh, it, it uh, yeah I, I take time uh, while composing poems and uh, uh, some take as long as half a year and I, I always revise I put them aside I go back I change the form. I try to experiment with uh, different phrases. I read them out. I ask my uh, friends and colleagues to read them out to me as well, to hear uh, words uttered uh, through with different voices in different contexts as well. So it's 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 a it's a long it's an ongoing process. And uh, yeah, I, th there's probably something I could maybe still change in it. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's, 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 it's always this, this pursuit that's, that's, that I like. The, the idea of, of uh, perpetual pursuit of, of, this, of this fleeting, fleeting image of, of, of completeness of a poem, which is never complete, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's interesting that you wrote it in Berlin. I know lots of artists who've spent time in Berlin. It uh, seems to be a real um, draw and a real inspiration to uh, creative people, and um, certainly was in your case. How long were you out there? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I stayed in Berlin uh, a few times. I uh, wrote my first book um, using the resources of the Freie Universität, Free University of Berlin, J, uh, J, uh, JFK Institute. Uh, 
So my books focus on the history of American literature. So they have fantastic collection of um, critical uh, texts on American lit. So I stayed there um, for three months in 2010 and then in for three months again or two months in 2015. And then a few other visits. Uh, whenever I'm there, I always try to visit museums. Uh, mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and but you're very right in saying that uh, Berlin has become this hub. Uh, but Krakow is also a hub. And uh, I, I, I mean, traveling between cities, you can always find new sources of inspiration. That's, that's what I like very much. So do you often uh, find poems start in museums? No, uh, I prefer a bus. I prefer a random conversation that I've eavesdropped uh, in uh, on a tram. So uh, a lot of my poems actually start with uh, conversations that I hijacked from other people, <laughs> random pieces of dialogue that I memorized and tried to recontextualize. So I, I think I, I try to follow the idea of serendipity here. That is, you just expose yourself to... To, to the world, to, to other people, and then things start happening. So, but the poem that opens the the, the, the collection, the prototype, was, um, I mean, the, the birth of the poem, that was the museum, the, uh, my visit yeah. to Pokemon Museum. But the, the collection ends with a reference to another work of art, which is Luca Signorelli, Resurrection of the Flesh. That's a painting from beginning of 1600. And uh, it's uh, in St. Paul's, right? It's like, it's, it's amazing in a sense that it presents like people who uh, undergo resurrection. Mm. And we all know that in a way, as far as the cla classical proportions of beauty were concerned, uh, Renaissance and uh, was, was very much inspired by the antique decorum. So in a way, I, I start with a museum and I end with a museum, right? And the way the resurrection of the flesh presents a collection of, I mean, bodies that become flesh again. So the museum is the, the idea of a, of a sculpture of an image is important there. But it's it's not only that; it's also conversations and it's also random stories that you just somehow encounter mm -hmm. all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, great poem on its own, but uh, it's obviously um, part of uh, a greater piece as well. So just remind us um, the name of the collection and where we can get hold of it. Uh, okay, so uh, Gifts Without Wrapping. The, the title of the pamphlet is Gifts Without Wrapping, mm -hmm. and it was published by the Hedgehog Press in November 2019. You can order it via Amazon or the, the website of the Hedgehog Press. Yeah, uh, it's uh, been uh, great to talk to you and uh, it uh, sounds like there's much else we could uh, discuss with uh, all your writing and other things. Um, but uh, we'll finish off uh, just with the uh, hearing for prototype again. And uh, thanks for... Uh, talking to us and uh, such an illuminating discussion on uh, uh, a very interesting and original poem thank you so much for having me i'm I, it was it was it was a pleasure thank you so much the prototype the proportions were everything i was told by the guide 
As she walked past the prototype, pointing out the features here and there, I would probably miss on my own. The body is measured by itself. Six palms make up one unit, she continued, a closed circuit of beauty. The fact that the statue lacked one arm, and the nose, and the genitals, and a toe, was immaterial to her. I presume it is the idea of him she was after. I visualize her in the evening after work, home alone, as she fantasizes about the statue complete. She imagines different body supplements, as if she were trying on different sets of gloves that can never fit in just right. I imagine her wishing she herself were of marble, but incomplete, a work in progress whose promise of perfection does not deter others from touching the form of the idea.